Welcome to Syncreate, a show where we explore the intersections between creativity, psychology, and spirituality. Our goal is to demystify the creative process and expand the boundaries of what it means to be creative. I'm Melinda Rothhouse, and I help individuals and organizations bring their creative dreams and visions to life. Hi, and I'm Charlotte Gullick, and I am a writer, educator, and editor, and I co-create many things with Melinda. All right, we're back, and for this mini-episode, we're going to be talking about the second stage in our Syncreate process, which is plan. And maybe at first glance, that doesn't sound very sexy or exciting. Creativity is all about exploration, as we've talked about in our previous uh, session, but actually it does require planning. So we talk a lot about sort of divergent thinking, which is coming up with new ideas, making connections between seemingly unrelated things. But creativity does also involve convergence, which is where we narrow down ideas and we focus and we get things done. And in order to bring any project to completion, we actually have to be able to do both. And that's why we felt that talking about planning is actually a very important piece of our model. So Charlotte, tell us a little bit more about what that involves. Well, I just want to acknowledge what you said. Like, you know, when someone says plan, you're like, I'm not necessarily creatively aroused. Exactly. So, so important. And I'm thinking right now of, okay, so I have a book that I'm working on, a collection of essays, and um, I queried for agents. And I had an agent say, um, I'd like to see the whole book. And with book proposals, you don't necessarily have the whole book together. So right. basically he said, plan it out, show it to me. And I hadn't gotten that far. And it was so thrilling because um, while not every piece is written, I got to think about the order in which things appear. You know, when we were, this is showing our age, when we were younger, you would make a mixtape for someone you were dating and you had to be Mixmaster McFly and get it just right, the highs, the lows. <laughs> yeah. and so it brought forth that kind of vibe, like, oh, what is the emotional tenor that I want to strike? Nowadays, it's I called think? a playlist, by the way. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> now, I can, now I can talk to the younger generation. <laughs> I made you a tape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just thinking like the absolutely the planning of it was thrilling because yes. it allowed me to take it more seriously. And it also the really cool thing is I did not know this. I have 14 essays planned for this book and many of them are written and four of them in, ended with the word enough. Interesting. In the last line. And um, that's what do you make much. of that? I think it's about like um, seeing that like in this moment, what I have is plenty. Um, mm. But it's so interesting that so many ended with that. So I took, I adjusted because I didn't want it to, but it didn't, I didn't want them all to end the same, but then it made me wonder if that was the name of the um, collection. Or enough. Not. So yeah, yeah. Or this is enough. This um, is enough. So yeah. I just think the, I resist planning um, or I did, um, a lot more when I was younger, but now I've come to see its incredible va value in me taking an idea that I have and that I've played with and then bringing it to share to others. I can't do it if I don't plan. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it makes me think about, well, how 
how we work together to write our book. And so just to break it down a little bit more, like what does planning actually involve? It involves like perhaps making a map like you did in the example you just gave. Like if we're submitting a book proposal or a grant proposal or a proposal to do any sort of project, like we do have to kind of think through what is the structure? How is this going to work? What's the budget? All these kinds of things. And so we create a map of the process. Maybe it's a visual representation. Maybe it's an outline. You know, however your brain works, you know, there's not one way to go about it. But it also involves all these fun things like deadlines and milestones <laughs> and saying, okay, if I'm going to write a book and I know it's going to be 200 pages long and I want to get it done in a year, well, how many pages do I need to write each month, each week, each day? And then we can develop a practice around that. I think there's a phrase that people are using quite a bit with neurodivergence that I think it really applies here is how will your future self thank you? Yes. And so you're planning for that future self to be grateful to you for putting the steps into place. I did want to note that in our book, um, we do offer a project timeline where we actually um, break it down for you and help you if it's something that you're not familiar with. And I believe you can email us and get a free template. Yes, you certainly can just find us on syncreate.org and we will send you a free project planning template that you can use for any of your creative projects. So just to share a little more about how we actually wrote the book, because it was, you know, writing a book is not a quick process by any means. It often takes years. And that was the case for us. Once we started putting our ideas to paper, we um, took some time in our weekly meetings and did a couple of retreats where we took a longer chunk of time. And we got to a working draft of the book pretty much around the time the pandemic arrived. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because we had set a goal, I think, by um, maybe uh, August of 20 to have um, a full draft. And then we were like, oh, what do we do now? <laughs> we can't meet. Yeah. Um, but we found a way. We did. So we were meeting on the phone and working in a Google document. And once we had our draft complete, then we went back in our mostly one hour week meetings and went through and revised the entire book together. Sentence by sentence. Yeah. And yes. And once we got to the really refining phase, like literally sentence by sentence. And that's one way to work. It's not the only way to collaborate. I've heard of other people just saying, you take this chapter, I'll take that chapter. And, you know, and we did that initially, but then we traded off and mm -hmm. picked up where the other left off and blended it so completely that sometimes I can tell who wrote what and sometimes I can't. Actually. Well, if it's a sentence that has a lot of extra words, I probably wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we edited. Yeah, um, because we're documenting our own best processes. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was a it was a really 
awesome collaboration. And, you know, we utilized the time and resources we had, which were not a lot. Like we both have full lives and other things going on. And it was the pandemic and, and all of this. But, you know, we talk a lot about incremental progress, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And just doesn't mean you just hold yourself up for three months and you do the whole thing. Maybe some people do that. And that's great. That's not how we did it because it wouldn't have been feasible for us to do it that way. But by setting a goal and having kind of milestones and deadlines for ourselves, we were able to complete this book through a series of weekly meetings over several years. And I would also add that we used the process itself, right? We played, we then we planned, and then we produced. And then on the day-to-day level, we would say, do you feel convergent or do you feel divergent today? And if it was a day that we didn't feel divergent, we'd go and edit. Yeah. Or if it was a day where we felt like we could be generative. So we actually... Um, use the process. And I think the other thing that's really cool about our book that we haven't talked a lot about is that it creates a shared language for creativity. Yes. And that's really important so as we break it down into uh, approachable tasks. Absolutely. And and that's another thing that we encourage people to reflect on, like, what is your own creative process? Because mm-hmm. again, there's not just one way to go about things. And so we can't tell you, like, this is how you have to do it. But what I always tell my clients and students is figure out the way that works for you. And once you figure out what that is, then you'll be able to do it the next time and the next time, right? So you don't have to reinvent the wheel each time. Yeah. So that brings us, I think, nicely to our creativity pro tip for this session, which is around accountability partnership. So with accountability partnership, it may sound really formal, but it's actually not. Um, It's identifying someone in your life who will gently and firmly say, hey, how's that going? Um, And so you and you can do the reverse so that you both can help hold each other accountable for projects that you want to get done. So like right now, I have one with um, a someone that works at Vassar, uh, she really wants to write. And I said, so when should I check in with you about that? And she said, by December 31st. So I have an email in my, or a note in my calendar to email her to say, how's it going? So it's really pretty easy and it can be very, very powerful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that could look like a formal, you know, coaching partnership that could look like a colleague who's working in a similar or different medium like i i've heard of people again during the pandemic you know just doing a zoom session and they both write or they both work on their project for an hour on zoom separately but together or it could just be a a regular check-in weekly monthly whatever it is but you know just having somebody who you can have some external accountability around your work so that you, sometimes that's helpful. We can be accountable to ourselves and sometimes that gets a little tricky because life is busy and things get in the way. But if we know we're kind of reporting into someone, that can be really helpful. 
And just a quick, like, I think sometimes people feel like, well, the real artists don't have accountability partners, but what were the salons? What, you know, where people gathered at the end of the day or the, every week to check in? Of course, they're socializing, but they're also, they have people to report to. Um, so it's actually, there's a tradition of this that we can lean into if we want. Absolutely. So at SyncCreate, we're here to support your creative endeavors. So if you have an idea for a project or a new venture, please reach out to us for one-on-one coaching or join our SyncCreate 2024 coaching group. Which we're really excited to be offering. This will be a small group of folks who see, um, they identify a project and take it through its process. And we meet regularly to check in and be inspired. Yeah, so we'll be walking you through the model that we've been talking about in these mini sessions of play, plan, and produce. So you can find more on our website, syncreate.org. Um, where you can also find all of our podcast episodes. We're on social media as well under SyncCreate, and we are on YouTube. We are releasing our episodes both in audio and video on YouTube. So find us and connect. Um, And we are recording today at Record ATX Studios in Austin and with Charlotte in the Hudson Valley. I'm so glad to have you with me on this new endeavor of our Creative Spark episodes. And um, the podcast is produced in collaboration with Mike Osborne at 14th Street Studios. So thanks so much for being with us and we'll see you next time.